Hi, my name is Lynn, and I'm the creator of the blog, Living Large in a Small House. I'm passionate about decorating, entertaining, cooking, gardening, and organizing. Basically, everything that makes a house a home. I'm the wife of the handiest man in the whole world, and I call him handy on my blog. I'm mom to three grown kids, Kenny who lives in LA, Annie who lives in Dallas, and my youngest Emma who lives with us in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Emma also joins me on my podcasts. So thanks for listening and tagging along as we live large in our small house. We're so excited to be back for episode number four with you today. I'm here with my co-host Emma. Hey everyone. So um, we just wanted to share with you that we're so excited that many of you are listening to our podcast. We now have listeners in Canada, Germany, and of course the United States. Germany? Yeah, Germany. One I wonder who that special person <laughs> yeah, I is. I wonder. <laughs> um, I think we know Canada are a few of Dad's friends, but Germany is yeah, we're... questionable. Please leave a comment. We want if to know who that you person. are. Let us know. Um, and we're also super surprised that 20% of our listeners are males, which is very interesting. I think some it, of my guy friends are listening. It had to do with me saying that you're single and you're looking for a man. I bet you any money. <laughs> I'm sure. That, yeah. <laughs> my voice is just so sexual. Okay. Sexy. <laughs> sorry i'm sorry um but yeah so a lot of our demographic is like 18 to 35 so i just wanted to give a shout out to my fellow youngsters and let you guys know that um i think a lot of we think a lot of your you know moms grandmas dads would love yeah as a mom who is in her 60s um, I didn't know anything about podcasts until about a year ago. Yeah. And so I think that we need to share with people about podcasts. For me, before podcast, it was, you know, new, a radio station on the radio or um, watching TV or listening. The, I mean, the biggest tech thing I did was listen to an audio book. So I think that maybe if you share this with your um, parents and teach them how to get on a podcast i think there's so much out there it's not just us there's a lot of i'm having a blast with podcasts that's all i listen to when i'm in the car anymore so it's getting there that's the issue yeah it's getting there and to us it's so easy we're like are you kidding me it's like three clicks it's right in front of your face why can't you figure it out right and we're everywhere we're on apple we're on apple we're on yeah spotify we're we if you click in through our uh, any link you find that we put on social media that is through anchor um so yeah it's easy to get on different avenues and share us share us on your social media with your friends too let everybody know that uh the world is listening to emma and lynn yeah to all my (laughs) quote-unquote ride or dies here's your chance to support support me anyways so today we're going to talk about how we live in a small house. Yeah, how we thought it was really appropriate for us to take. We've talked about 
you know, at the time when we started, it was going back to school time. So we talked about college and then we, you know, that kind of like naturally progressed into uh, adult child living at home. And last week we talked about charcuterie boards. Oh, yeah, because we were I was doing a special project for my blog. And so we kind of, that kind of was on our mind and <clears throat> we shared that with everybody. And we hadn't really talked a lot about um, Annie's wedding, so we shared a little bit of that. So, yeah, today we want to talk about what we are all about, and that's living large in a small house. And it's probably something that many of you can relate to, especially with our demographics. I think probably, I mean... My guess is you're not living in a mansion. Um, you're very likely living in an apartment. And living in a small yeah. space can be a skill. And we feel like we've kind of mastered it in this house. And so, I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm only 22 and I've had 22 years of experience. <laughs> so, living in this small house. Yeah. And I just want, I wanted to start out by sharing how I got to this small house. Um, I met Handy, my husband, Keith, Emma's dad, and this was his bachelor pad. And when I moved in with my son, Kenny, it was the smallest house we had ever lived in. Even the houses that Kenny and I lived in by ourselves after I divorced his dad, this was the tiniest space I had ever lived in, in probably my whole life. So I had every, every intention of moving. Yeah. After I got the ring on it, then I was <laughs> out of here. Yeah. Well, well tw- with dad. Tw- yeah, with dad. <laughs> but 28 years later, here we are. He was not budging. He lived on the water. He wanted to stay on the water. But, like, can you blame him? We live in the most perfect location the house is small, yes, but the location on the water, we live on a river, the Fox River, and where we live is the widest part of the Fox River, and it's just so calm, so serene. We have a great neighborhood run by our father, the mayor. The, My father, the, who's now the mayor. Yeah, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're here. And for the most part, living on water is so cool. It's like waking up in a vacation house every day of your life. Except for when things aren't so good. We have sometimes have to deal with water getting high. We should do um, a flood podcast. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Um, From a rowboat. Live from the rowboat. (laughs) It's Evan. We're shoving the microphone in Dad's face (laughs) while he's like dripping sweat. That would be good content. But back to the house. It was only a thousand square feet when I moved in, and shortly after we were married, I was pregnant with Annie, and she was born before our first, right before our first, in fact, a week to the day before our first anniversary. So the, now there was Keith, Lynn, Kenny, and now Annie living in this thousand square foot house, and it was tiny. And this room, Emma, that you, we're we're recording in right now, that you have always known as like a den. Yeah, this used to be our master bedroom. This, this was the main bedroom in the house. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Did you even know that? No. And I have so much more grace for you and sympathy. <laughs> like our bed was here. You're actually a hero. Yeah. A real life hero. Yeah. I am a real life hero. <laughs> and then when Emma, when I got pregnant with Emma, we, I'm like, we cannot bring one more child into this house. So Handy had the great idea to add on. And because we live on water, building out is not an option. So we were able to add... Build up. Build, well, we didn't even build up. We I don't built, even know what the what this ad, addition was. We built 300 square feet out from the side of the house. Like your bedroom that you have now ended... Before that incline is? Before the incline. Okay. It looked it looked the same on both sides in both rooms. It was like two little... Okay. Like, I don't yeah. even know what you want to call it. Lean-tos. Lofts. <laughs> little lofts. Yeah. So we built out from there, and um, we moved upstairs into what was Kenny's room. You and Annie lived in what was your room, and... We, what is my room? Ken, I'm still what living is your here. room? Yes, and then Kenny moved downstairs into this room. But the funny part about when we were deciding to build, we signed the contract with the contractors in July. And they didn't show up when they were going to in July. And then they didn't show up when they were going to supposed to in August. And they didn't show up in September. And they didn't show up in November. And they didn't show up in December. Let me guess, they didn't show up in January. Oh, they did no, show up in January. I was due to have you in January. When were you due to have me? <clears throat> well, I, you, I had you 10 days before your due dates, the day you were born, so... I was supposed to be born in February. You were supposed to be born in the beginning of February. That's like, disgusting. February 3rd was your, probably your, somewhere around there was your, my Thank due date. Thank God I'm a January Aquarius. But anyway... I was saying the whole time, they're fine. You know when they're going to show up? It's when it's the coldest day of the year and I'm ready to have a baby. Well, guess when they showed up? The coldest day of the year. Well, you have no one to blame like but crazy. yourself. You jinxed yourself. And they came to tear the roof off. Now, because the upstairs had to be vacated for them to do this. We moved Annie and Kenny into the living room, dining room area. Their be- the beds were in the- where the dining room was. Grandma was here, too. She- then Grandma, my mom, came when you were born during this whole thing <clears throat> to stay with us. So Grandma was sleeping on the sleeper sofa in that same space. Annie and Kenny each had a twin bed in there. All the dressers were like, like mm-hmm. all around the house we're sleeping in here and you were in a little wicker basket right there in front of that closet that don't we use slept. that as our laundry no no i i it's a it's called a i don't it's a, a bassinet it's like a little wicker bassinet and i lent it to somebody or i gave it to somebody i don't know where it is anymore but well and your ocd must have been just loving everything everywhere well wait till you're pregnant and you're eight months pregnant because all you want to do is what they call nest and clean everything and organize everything and be prepared for that baby and i couldn't do anything but just 
deal. Fester. <laughs> so that's, anyway, that's what exactly what happened. I was born on the coldest night, or the biggest blizzard of the year. Uh, granted, it was January 24th, so there wasn't much to compare it to. But it was the blizzard of 1999, and there I was sitting in a little laundry basket next to my parents i'm a freaking fighter are you kidding me born at 42 yeah and in a blizzard and in blizzard and in our house totally torn apart yeah you yeah you were a fighter from the beginning it took you forever to get out of me for one and then you said i was born 10 days earlier 10 days early but i was in labor for hours and hours and hours yeah, and I push for three hours, and don't e- let's not even discuss that. That'll be another podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about joins all that club. We'll, we'll talk about all the details of my mom's birth and me. <laughs> like I haven't heard it twenty thousand times. Anyways, so what we've learned is that we need to maximize every square inch of our space, starting from nineteen ninety nine when you built that three hundred square foot addition and now we've had minor changes to the house i think maybe every other month since then probably right where we just get creative yeah you have to be so creative with your space when you live in a small house um there is not a room in this whole house that doesn't have some kind of a built-in even our bathrooms have like built-in cabinetry so that we have more storage for towels and toilet paper and all the stuff that bathrooms need. Your bedroom has built-in cabinetry and shelves for more storage. Your bed was built by dad that has underneath cubbies for storage. Um, Our bedroom has a built-in dresser that is literally built into the eaves so it looks like kind of like a flat it's the dresser fronts are a flat wall in our bedroom and it it may seem like only an expert could do this but i think nowadays with all the diy resources it is definitely a project that the everyday fixer-upper could do on their own yeah i I what am I saying? Like, I've ever done a project like this before. I'm, like, trying. Go on. You got it. The Actually, the I did a DIY and a kind of a how-to on my blog of the dresser that's built into the eaves. Um, uh, because that was one that I think, you're right, I think anybody could do it. We used stock cabinets from Home Depot. Everything was pretty easy, and it was literally a weekend project. There are other things that I think that anybody can do. Um, I don't know that they would be done at the same level because the reality is Keith won a contract, a glass contracting business. He could have been a master carpenter. I mean, the the built-ins that we have in our living room and our dining room are pretty impressive. He, we used to have a window where the fireplace and all those built-in bookshelves and cabinets used to be. We also, one of the things we did to expand our house was we opened up the whole first floor 
the main part of the first floor to be one open concept room, which is our living room, our dining room, and our kitchen. Um, I don't know how we would survive. Yeah, it's definitely... So for me, I've walked into this house for with the open concept flooring for probably 15 years or so. So for me, it's not odd. I think it might seem a little daunting to people who like don't want to have this whole entire room but I think logistically it worked out so much better to have the kitchen kind of just like be in the whole house because it just flowed so well and we weren't wasting space and making it look super claustrophobic with all of the walls that we had going on. And I think the kitchen for us is like a very big part of our family. So the kitchen is the central part of our lives in I, our house. I think the kitchen is the central part of most people's lives. Um, yeah, that's true. Even when our kitchen was little... <laughs> We would sometimes have people over, and there would be 15 people, like, gathered in that little tiny 9 by 9 kitchen. And I'd have to kind of shoo them out to be able to do what I needed to do. Everybody was sweating. Yeah, everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to be there. Everybody's talking. Too many cooks in the kitchen. And now now that we've opened it all up, we can have all the cooks in the kitchen. And we've opened it up so much. So much of our house is our kitchen. I would say a third of our downstairs is actually... Did we mention we live in a 1,300-square-foot house? Yes. Yeah. So that's... That is... But I just wish we could take you through, like, a virtual reality tour of our house because it's so hard to describe if you can't see it. But when you do walk in, I think it is, like... It makes sense. It makes sense for our home. And we actually have utilized every square inch of our outside of our home. So when the weather is good, we have an outdoor living room. We have an outdoor kitchen. We have a greenhouse that we've transformed into a bar. We've transformed it into a little party place. We've done lots of things with the greenhouse. We, We also didn't mention we don't have a garage or a basement. So imagine that. We literally have, we have a shed and a crawl space. So, and the one dig down yeah, just a little yeah. bit on both ends. And the one thing we have that most people don't is a boathouse. And the, above the boathouse is storage, and that's where we keep. Oh yeah, the boathouse is my, definitely utilized. Um, and holiday, gear. we do have a storage unit. Oh yeah, and I that I, is filled to the freaking I, brim. I, I I do have that on our little notes here that we, oh that we have a storage unit pending that, the downsize that needs to get downsized. <laughs> That's for another day, another um, season. But here's another thing about when you live in a small space, we are really good at organizing and purging. Like, we don't keep things we don't need. We don't keep things we don't use. We recycle. We give things away. Goodwill see, knows us by on a first-name basis. Um, I use uh, Facebook Marketplace a, a ton to sell things that no longer are working for us. They no longer bring us joy. But they're perfectly lovely for another family. 
when we recently sold a, our dining room table because Handy made me a, a new one. I wanted something bigger and something more farmhousey, and we sold ours. And I wrote a blog post about that too because we sold it to a family that just like so love is loving our old dining room table and we met them and we met their kids and it just was very sweet the whole thing you probably weren't home from right. school I'm like, when what that are you happened. talking about i'll have to show you the post um so anyway yeah we we're good at that i do i'm the first to admit that i can be a little bit of a hoarder about like my vintage things i love my vintage stuff so i was gonna bring that up but i didn't want to out you mom says oh we're so good at getting rid of things but she also conveniently has a quote-unquote catch-all room where everything that's catch-all is are things that she peruses at garage sales and antique stores and everywhere we go on vacation you have to find a different thing so that I think is definitely something you could work on I think all of your pieces are amazing. I'm not saying that they're not great. But, again, we live in a 1,300-square-foot house, and we need to be logical about everything. Well, and I do try to get rid of if – I, if I bring in a piece, I try to get rid of a piece. And I shop my house. I shop this room when I switch things out. Like, there's things That's in here. That's messed up, though, that you have enough stuff that you're shopping within our house to find things well do do you want christmas out all year long no but I, so i have to put it away and then when when the time comes i can go in there and i can bring things out for a particular season but here's how i justify it i do love my antiques and i do love my vintage but i don't own 500 pairs of shoes i don't own 500 blouses and 500 skirts and 500 pairs of jeans yeah i own two pairs of jeans i maybe own mom you're 10 blouses you i have a the numbers are the numbers are arbitrary she is these numbers are random two pairs of jeans i only have two pairs of jeans and i'll show them to you okay okay I, I just, I don't, I don't have a ton of clothes. I have a little dresser filled with my clothes, and that dresser used to belong to one of you kids when you were little, and I have one pole in the walk-in closet. The rest is all dad's clothes mm-hmm. in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of clothes. No, uh, yeah, you're right. You don't. I, I actually believe in, like, that capsule wardrobe concept. I have another blog post on that, too. I don't even know what a capsule was. Livinglargeinasmallhouse.com. Capsule wardrobe is basically like granimals for adults, which you probably don't even know I what don't granimals is. Granimals was a, a, a line of clothing when Kenny was little that you could buy You could buy 10 things, and you could take the top and a pair of pants from any of it, and it would, go, it would all go together. Oh, it's like a mix and match? It's like a mix and match, right. And I feel like I do that with my clothes. I stick to basic colors. Yeah, I think you buy just for, like, this shirt can go with this skirt, but it can also go with these pair of jeans, and it can also go with this pair of boots, and you can switch out the pair of boots for a pair of flats, and it's a whole different outfit. And, a, and, a, and leggings okay. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, that's what a capsule wardrobe is. And I think I'm pretty good at doing the capsule wardrobe thing. When I worked, I only owned maybe five work yeah. outfits. That was to- crazy. <laughs> she wore, like, she was the woman in black for five years. So Five years? I worked there for 15 years. 15 years. Sorry. Um, my concept of time is so messed up. But, yeah, I will say you... I take I resent I resent my comment and I agree you definitely have a lot of things like decorative pieces but when you compare it to the little amount of like other things you could be collecting it it's not weird anymore. It yeah, is like, a little weird but it's not weird. And but that's my thing. Yeah, it's and I niche. and I I'm the first one to admit I have a I, I have, have a problem. Lo- I have a love. For the- <laughs> she, she's patting my shoulders and laughing her head up, looking at me right in the eye. <laughs> um, I mean, like we all have our things. If you know, good thing we're not calling out my things on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I have a little issue of spending money, so I don't even know why I'm talking right now at all. Right. And um, and clothes. by the way, the storage unit is mostly filled with Emma's stuff. I did have an apartment and I moved back home. Right. So no, I, I said I think I, I need to get a new storage unit. I think that we need to just get rid of all my stuff so you have just what you need to look at. And decide, purge, keep, donate, whatever you want to do without my shit in your way. Well, and but it is a total commitment. It's a total commitment investment. that we both need to yeah. do together. Well, I think more so on my part, just the money situation every month. That's definitely. Oh a commitment. yeah, yeah. And I don't mind having a storage unit. I just think we could downsize by getting rid of a lot because my stuff that ends up in the storage unit clearly I don't need it or love it anymore because I rarely take it out. So, anyway. But the other thing about storage is when I do buy furniture, which is very rare, when I buy furniture, I always look at it with the eye of can I store things in it? Like our coffee table in our in our family room is where our games are. It's mm-hmm. where our cards are. Um, we buy things that we can use to put pillows in or blankets in the coffee table right in front of us is filled with blankets and pillows because this room is now a guest bedroom yeah and um so everything that we do is intentional when we buy things for our home and so so i i when i buy a basket i don't just buy it and say oh what a cute little basket i buy it and say hmm shoes in the front entrance way or scarves for winter yeah or you know well and another kind of the same note my dad put in like a little desk in our front entryway that was once upon a time my mom's kind of workspace before she overgrew that outgrew that and had to move into the den to have a full-on office she had this little desk but it was a granite countertop so when my mom didn't have all of her papers out and we had people over that was our appetizer table 
And not to mention we had a bunch of cabinets. Yeah, or a bar. It has been a bar. It's been an appetizer table. It's been so many different things. And now it's our coffee station. Well, now, yeah. And now it's our coffee station. And now we're kind of transitioning those cabinets that used to be filing cabinets for you know, all of her documents for her work are now going to be where we put all of our excess candles, where we put all of our excess cups for the coffee machine, um, recipe books. Uh, yeah, we're like so many different things we have around the house that need to be properly stored. So I think that's one of our next projects. We definitely talked about this, reorganizing those cabinets and making the most out of that space that right now is old files that my mom will never use because she doesn't work at that job anymore. Right. That whole space is really like it's uncaptured space that we can use. It's to underutilized space. Yeah. Right. It's, it's space that we can use for other things. And we just really kind of ignored it and didn't realize that it was a gold mine of space that we can use so anyway we have done such a good job at our little house 28 years i've been living here 28 plus years that i've been living here and we use every square inch and i know that emma sometimes has felt like she's not happy living in that was back in the day when i was young and i didn't appreciate a, a nice home when i had one now, come on, you know I ask you every other day if I can keep this house after you die. I don't think you didn't appreciate that it was a nice house. It's always been a nice house. But I think that living in a small house, when some of your friends were living in really big houses, was was a difficult yeah, thing. Yeah, it definitely forced you to have a different lifestyle, for sure. Anyway, that's our story of living large in a small house. We're sticking to it. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like along the way we'll find other different areas around the house where we can capitalize on that space, that open space, or that underutilized area. Um, Well, and I know that for me, one of the things that's kind of like been on my back burner thing for a long time is worrying about when you guys get married... And come home, want to come home for the holidays where we're going to stick you and hopefully a boatload of grandkids. So that's yeah. my next adventure. Anyway. Yeah, was, anyone who's from the neighborhood that's listening, just turn a blind eye. If you see an addition that if I'm you building see by myself. <laughs> behind the house. You see my mom with a hammer and, and a my ladder. and my tool belt. Holy shit. That would happen. <laughs> anyway, we're we are living large in this small house. We're loving every minute of it. Um, I can't imagine now being anywhere else because now that our kids are gone, this is a big house for us, I think. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. Actually, you're at, you're in any every empty nester's dream home. We are, we absolutely are, and we're blessed. We are so so blessed. We are so, so blessed. That's it, folks. It's a wrap. Another week with living large in a small house. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast, Living Large in a Small House. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave these ladies a five-star rating. Check the show notes for any links and contact information. Also, visit livinglargeinasmallhouse.com to become a VIP member, which entitles you to the free resource library. And remember that love grows best in a small house.